on rapid tests. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And on this morning's Back Chat, we will be talking about uh, family planning and the low birth rate uh, here in Hong Kong. Uh, we have a, a couple of guests uh, waiting to join us, uh, but just before I introduce them, um, I've got some uh, COVID-related emails uh, to read out. So uh, I'll, I'll just do that now. I'll just take up a couple of minutes and, uh, and read uh, uh, some of the emails here. This one from Alonso says, uh, one key reason for Singapore's much higher vax rate among the elderly is that its public has a very uh, high level of trust and confidence in the Li Xiang Lun administration. So when its medical experts advise the citizens to get vaccinated, they listen. A recent poll I read indicated that over 70% of Singaporeans have high confidence across all state institutions, government, parliament, police force, armed services, civil service. In stark contrast, C.E. Carrie Lam's latest approval rating stood at just 32%, according to one report. Uh, Lam's decision this week to reduce uh, quarantine for arrivals and lift uh, flight bans while long overdue is certainly a step in the right direction to help restore some confidence in her government. Hopefully she'll continue to relax uh, travel and social distancing restrictions to help reverse our decline and help us to re-establish our position as Asia's leading financial centre. Um, uh, Robert says, uh, setting aside the fact that Carrie Lam has done a massive U-turn in 24 hours, uh, instead of uh, the flight bans remaining on uh, Saturday and then streamlining them on Sunday, but what is it uh, she doesn't get here, uh, claiming that... Uh, uh, since we have this expectation and requirement of the airlines, we need to put some penalty, put in some penalty if they fail to fulfil these requirements and bring a certain number of infected passengers into Hong Kong, then we have to take some punitive action so they would do better. And um, uh, uh, Bob says, really? What about the passengers booked on the following seven days of flights whose travel plans are turned upside down and whose quarantine hotel bookings are trashed? People who had nothing to do with the cause of the flight ban. Why does Mrs Lamb persist in penalising the, these uh, innocent folks? And uh, uh, this from uh, uh, LA writes... Uh, uh, dear Backchat, I'm still in Europe waiting to come home to Hong Kong and initially I was very excited to hear about the relaxation of some of the Covid rules. However, after hearing the new rules, I cannot fathom why the Hong Kong government is still insisting on a one-week hotel quarantine for Hong Kong residents who are fully vaccinated and test negative on departure and arrival. Did they not realise that the Hong Kong University is estimating infection rates of four and a half million within the next few weeks? Um, so, uh, so what is the logic of keeping citizens who test negative and fly into Hong Kong uh, to go home to be sent to quarantine hotels for a week? It's totally ridiculous, very costly, psychologically damaging and totally a waste of time and effort for all interned. Uh, thank you, uh, LA, for that. Um, let's, uh, I've got a few more emails, actually, which uh, may have to wait till the end of the programme, but let's turn now to our back chat uh, discussion, and that is uh, on 
uh, a new survey by the uh, Hong Kong Women's Development Association, uh, which uh, came up with a number of findings, including the fact that uh, 69% of respondents said they didn't want to have uh, children. Um, this was a survey conducted from uh, January the 24th to February the 18th. Uh, 599 uh, uh, paper surveys were collected and 676 uh, online responses. So that was a total of uh, 1,275 uh, responses. Um, a number of reasons were given, uh, which we can discuss. Uh, we're now joined on the line by uh, Mona Lam, Executive Director of the Family Planning Association, and also Paul Yip, Chair Professor in Population Health at the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the University of uh, Hong Kong. Um, good morning to you both. Um, um, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, uh, Mona Lam, perhaps uh, if we can ask you first. Uh, uh, good morning to you. Um, that uh, sounds like uh, quite an extraordinary figure, actually. 69% of respondents said they weren't interested in having children. Um, how concerned should we be about that? Um, so, is it clear? Uh, yes. Me? yes, yes, got you. Um, yes. Go I'm ahead. not uh, familiar with the detail of the survey, but uh, I think that they found like 69% of the respondents do not want to um, have uh, childbirth. Among the 69%, I think, I guess, uh, a portion of them, they uh, actually prefer to be childless, no matter what the circumstances or the environment is. Another proportion, maybe they already have enough um, childbirth, that means they have attained the, um, um, the ideal number of uh, children. The rest probably is a group that uh, they, they may want to have children, or they want to have more children, but there are some obstacles or some foreseeable difficulties that uh, make them hesitate to um, have children. So I think this group of uh, women would be... Um, will be our target to understand more about the reasons and how we can help them. Okay, yes. okay. So uh, I'll just um, just tell you uh, some of the reasons that were given for yes. people not wanting to have children. Uh, uh, housing issues, not enough space at home. Uh, people were busy working, uh, didn't have enough time and energy to look after children. And um, the economic burden of uh, having children. Yeah, I think these are a, a very... Um, true and realistic concern of the population. And um, actually, we have uh, some kind of survey uh, at the Family Planning Association, the FPA. In fact, uh, Professor Yip was our, uh, our chair mm. in the survey, so maybe he can share uh, some more about the uh, result. Uh, we have a survey called the Family Planning um, Knowledge, Attitude, and Practice uh, in Hong Kong, a survey that we have performed in 2017. I'm sorry that it's not very updated, but we are going to do another one later this year. At that time, we also asked people uh, if they want to um, have further children, what are the reasons? And uh, similar um, concerns were raised, including like uh, economic, uh, financial um, worries, housing, and uh, especially childcare and education. So these are the um, common worries among the Hong Kong people. Okay. Uh, Dr. Lam, good morning. Good morning. Um, I was just wondering, when I arrived in Hong Kong, all the emphasis was on controlling the size of families from the other way around. It was stop at two 
I seem to remember, was the slogan at one time. Um, now we, we seem to have a, a large number of people who don't even want one. Um, is there a role still for the Family Planning Association or, or does the role need to change in urging a healthy uh, family size, more than one, or at least some? We, we have changed. <laughs> in fact, in the old days, like in the 50s, in the 60s, the, the whole society uh, is very different from now. At that time, we need to give a lot of uh, public education because um, um, people are, they, they don't know about uh, contraception, family planning, the concept, etc. Right. And uh, in fact, we, we, we are now talking about not the exact number of uh, children uh, you have or you should have. We are talking about the planning. Um, family planning actually is an informed choice. Everyone has uh, your own decision, depends on your situation, uh, like consensus between the couples or within the family. Um, our our um, advice to the Hong Kong population is um, women or their partner, actually the couples, um, they should have an early planning and so that they can plan or do something earlier. For example, in Hong Kong, we are aware that a lot of women, they um, maybe because of their career or work arrangement, they are getting married later. We have statistics showing the trend. And when you get married later, and the um, family formation, childbirth plan will also get later. And age is a, uh, uh, have a great implication on the fertility um, chance for women, so we want to, um, we think that education in this aspect is also important on top of all those uh, financial incentives so that people will know if you have planned to get pregnant, you should uh, prepare earlier. And in case there's any difficulty, um, there are um, medical or healthcare assistance that we can offer or the um, government can offer so that they can take time to do it earlier. Okay, well, uh, Paul Yip, good morning to you. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. So, so those reasons that this uh, latest survey found, uh, uh, housing, uh, not enough space at home, uh, people too busy with work and, uh, and the economic burden of having kids, um, does that match with, uh, does that tally with your research? Well, I think the, the thing has not changed much. <laughs> I think uh, when uh, the, the Family Planning Association we did a, st a study uh, in 2017, I think these are the top priority or the concerns about the married women, whether they would like to uh, have more children. And unfortunately, I think uh, in the past, um, I mean, in the next five years or so, I think the situation, I think, uh, has not much much improved. I think, I think the housing is still a common problem for all families in Hong Kong, and also the financial burden. I think uh, uh, that is another concern. But I think in the last couple of years, I think we seen this sort of. Um, this social climate, I mean, this social sentiment, I mean, to build up the family in Hong Kong has also been changing too. I think what you can see, I think last year, I think we have the lowest number of marriage and then we also have the lowest number of fertilities. I think the number of births in Hong Kong as well. So unfortunately, I think um, when we foresee, I think what uh, is going to happen this year or next year, it is not going to be very promising. So I think it will need to quite a bit of uh, population challenges in Hong Kong. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. Um, um, we, we should just say that, uh, we, uh, actually, I'm going to thank Mona Lamb, because I uh, understand uh, you could only be with us uh, till 9.15, uh, which is uh, coming up right now. So, uh, Mona Lamb, thanks very much for speaking to us on the programme this morning. Paul, yet please stay with us. Uh, Mona Lamb, Executive Director of the Family Planning Association. Um, uh, so, um, Paul, yep, so... Uh, what needs to be done? I mean, uh, uh, a number of the uh, respondents, in fact, 75% of respondents in this uh, survey said uh, uh, there wasn't enough support from the government uh, for family support. Is it, really, is, is it really a sort of area that the government should be involved with? Well, I think some of um, the barriers, I think, for, uh, for the young people to get in marriage, I think it is a real obstacles are denied, I think very uh, uh, expenses in housing, I think this is the things that has not been addressed. I think when you look at uh, some other countries, I mean, uh, uh, well, one typical example so we look at is Singapore, right? I think they do provide some sort of priority housing, I think, for the young couples. I think when they get married, I think it is easier, I think, for them, I think, to get this uh, government housing support. And but I think at this stage, I think in Hong Kong, I think the biggest challenge is is, is, is whether, uh, first of all, I think this duty uh, where they like to stay in Hong Kong first. I think, as you can see in last year or so, there's uh, quite a number of uh, young couples, I think they decide, I think they leave Hong Kong. So we not only leaving the, uh, we are not only not having the babies, but we also losing our young uh, economic active uh, workers as well. And I think the other, I think it is the education. Uh, it is another, the biggest concern of um, of the young couples. I mean, uh, they are worried about, I think, uh, whether that is the best uh, place to raise uh, their family in Hong Kong as well. So I think these are the things that the Hong Kong government can do, I think can address, I think at least, I think to ease the worries, I think, of these families. Now, some of these families, uh, young couples, if they're emigrating, uh, are they taking their plans to have children with them? Is that what you're saying? Yes, this is. I think because I, th I think what happened is as when the, some of them, uh, they, now what you can see, why they do not uh, want to have children in Hong Kong because they uh, they don't have the space. I think they raise up the uh, children and then they worry about the education system. So when these young couples, I think they move to other countries, well, so space more or less has been solved. I think the education and the, apparently I think they have a bit more confidence there. So I think they are likely, I think they have their family or they have the children being uh, will, uh, will be born uh, there rather than in right. Hong Kong. Uh, this is, Professor Yip, this is actually quite serious. Pairing up and having children is an integral part of, of human existence. It's the future of the species. If we created a city where people don't want to participate in that, that's pretty serious, isn't it? It is serious, I mean, but unfortunately, I mean, the government do not see the seriousness of the problems. No, I mean, as I say, no, I mean, if, uh, uh, you know, in Hong Kong, if you would like to maintain a stable society, you need to have the you need to have the couples, you need to have the family, to have the children. I mean, they will station here. I mean, there's a middle class. I mean, we do need, I think, this uh, uh, this group of people to be strengthened, to be enlarged. I mean, to sub to support the development of Hong Kong. So, so, so one thing I think I do hope the government. I 
something can, I think, uh, pay more attention, I think, to this issue. No? It is not just the people they leave and then they can find someone to replace them. But, 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 but then I think the attraction of Hong Kong, mm. I think, should be, should be maintained and should be enhanced. No? What, what concrete things can you think of that the government should be doing? I think one thing is, is the mindset first. I mean, the mindset, first of all, is what you have just said. You know, they have to uh, admit that it is a serious problem. And secondly, and then try to, I think, very effectively address their concern. Now, for example, I think if their concern is about the education, please, I think, make our education a bit more appealing, I think, to our young people. I mean, if they're concerning about the accommodation, please they try to make some housing, I think, more affordable, I think, to the young couples. I think if they are worried about, I think, the political situation, just to ensure us that, that I think we do can enjoy our freedom of speech and then the safety, I think, in Hong Kong. I think these are the things, these are the very important the DNA of Hong Kong, I mean, which we need to treasure now. And that's right across the board, isn't it? That yes, covers yes. all the policy areas. Yes, yes, and, and, and unfortunately, I mean, uh, I think in the last five years or so, I think although our chief executive, um, she's very keen to improve uh, every one of them, but, but, but uh, unfortunately, because of, of the COVID, because of the, uh, the social unrest movement, I think we have not done as much as we could. But uh, I think, uh, hopefully, I think in the next uh, administration, I think we really can pay attention on this important issue. No, no, I, I think then we really can improve or, or, or can turn it around. No, yeah. How much do you think is down to public mood? I mean, we had the social unrest, as you mentioned, in 2019, and now, and now we've been... Um, dealing with the epidemic um, and continuing social distancing and a lot of people are suffering mental fatigue and stress as a result of it. Um, how do you think that might be affecting people's attitude towards starting a family? Yes, I think these are the real problems. So, so I think I think during the COVID itself, I think that you see an increase in the, un uh, in the unemployment, and then you also I think you can uh, 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 we we have been suffering. I think for the past two years, and then we still cannot uh, see the end of the tunnel. And then the worst, I think we um, we we cannot uh, sense. I I I think that. The government, I think, uh, is pointing out a direction that we can get out of uh, this epidemic. You know? so, so, so I think when you're in a, such an insecure situation and then without the, the vision, I mean, you can imagine, I think, even if anyone wants to have a family, I mean, if their job is just not being secure, I think, uh, 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 which lead to a serious financial situation, and then if they're not uh, happy with the present situation, how would you imagine those mm. people that would like to have a family there? Yeah. These factors that you've mentioned, uh, Professor Yip, they also carry over into people's general state of optimism and, and, will, and intention to live on. Presumably they read across into suicide statistics as well? Yes, yes, I mean, the... the the fatigue, I mean, uh, yes, I think we just uh, have an early warning system uh, set up in our center, and it has shown that in the last seven days, I think I think it has shown the um, and the number of people I mean, who killed themselves, it is uh, 
three times uh, uh, higher than the same periods last year, so, and especially among the older adults. So, so, so I think it just we are worrying too. I mean, this pessimistic. I mean, these sort of things. It seems that it perpetrated in the whole society. You know. So I do hope that we can induce the hope. You know, that I think we can induce some enthusiasm, but but. We need to find something. I mean, to cheer the people up. No, but, but, I mean, yes, I think we have the ten the ten thousand dollars, but, but but I think it is only uh, it is, is a, it, it, it would not do the tricks. Now, I, th- I think what we really need to do is, is to 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 provide a vision. I mean, a plan right. to the societies. You know? It's 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 what I think. What Jim was saying just now is mood has got to come into it somewhere. I mean, fifty years ago. The housing situation was much worse, but people were still happy to have have children. So uh, it can't just be housing. Although I accept that uh, having better housing removes whatever disincentive there was. It, it's a lot to do with mood and atmosphere. Yes, and and, and I think the uh, but we also we have the exhibit the small family size and it has been the long of any high income societies now. So right, it's different from fifty years ago, but. Having said that, I think the 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 number of people who do not have children or our total fertility rate has fallen to point eight five, such a low level. That should be an alarming, I think, for any for any government. Oh, yeah. Because the same numbers are sort of emerging in the mainland as well, aren't they? Yes, yes, yes. I I think what you can see, given the uh, they allow the people to have three children. But I mean now. Uh, those young couples, uh, they don't even have one, or, or they just defer their marriage, or they remain single. Right. So, 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 so I think this is a really in this new uh, the 21st century. I mean, uh, the, 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 this uh, so Z generation. I think they do have a different. They do have a different mindset. But, it, but, yeah. but, but, but having said that, we still have to continue. So I mean, right. I mean to, because to I'm, th- I'm thinking the mainland government gets quite high levels of trust and support from the population at large according to all the surveys and and yet we're saying maybe lack of confidence and a lack of trust in the authorities is a reason for the same birth rates down here i think we have to be careful don't we Yes, I think in different society, they, in different contexts, they have a different concern. It is really is something. It is not a static problem; it's a dynamic problem. So, but we just have to respond. I think the concern of our of our of our population effectively and in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there were a number of uh, recommendations as well uh, made by the uh, Women's Development Association, including uh, on how to make the situation better, uh, including uh, the government should take the lead to adopt uh, family-friendly working policies, such as a five-day working week, uh, flexible working hours, uh, employers uh, uh, introducing babysitting services, uh, etc. Do you think there's a do you think there's a scope there to improve the situation? Well, I think it's always helped. I think raising a family. I mean, if you provide this sort of thing, it makes raising the families uh, less difficult. I think it is always good. Uh, but whether this is when they decide not to have baby and then to have a baby, it is, uh, um, I think it's yet to tell. But, 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 but when I say that we do need uh, more holistic support, I mean, it's not only a piecemeal thing, uh, 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 give you some uh, cash bonus for a new babies, or, 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 but, but we do need from uh, um, 
um, um, those uh, so-called family uh, friendly working environment. We need we do need to have better support the childcare services, right. and then uh, and 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 all this it is, should be in the basket. You know? I think if you really want to uh, uh, do the preventive, you know, I, I mean to change the mood, change the mindset of the couples. I mean to convert them from uh, not willing to have a baby and then to become a Partly the changing status of women must come into play here. They're much more equal and they, they want a much more equal role in, in their career as well. well so Yeah, I mean, plus the father has to do the job too. In our study, it showed that if the father is moving to do more housework, and actually it will make the mother, I think, to be more, or it will make the wife, I mean, to be more happy to have uh, to have children or to have one more children. Yeah. Right. If the handicap effect on career is reduced by the higher uh, childcare support that you were talking about, uh, that would help. That would leave the 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 lady with uh, her status not diminished, in fact, strengthened. Um, yes, uh, I mean we have to make the child uh, the childbearing and the professional development. They should not be competing each other. No. So we should allow. I mean the working women. I mean to develop the career, and at the same time without compromising. I think their aspiration. I think to have their own children. No. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us uh, on the program this morning. Uh, that was Paul Yip, uh, Chair Professor in Population Health at the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, we're coming to the end of the program, um, but uh, I'd like to read out this uh, email on the subject uh, from... From Richard writes, uh, uh, good morning. I'm pleased to hear that assuming sampling is not biased, as is often the case of online surveys, that women do not want to have babies. The pressures on the planet from the huge population that currently exists are critical. Despite demographers saying we need more people to pay taxes and make stuff for those people who's to spend money on, this is uh, 20th century thinking and no longer viable if we are to transition to a sustainable world. My own daughters decided not to have children because they recognise the future is rapidly becoming dystopian. Climate change is threatening civilization, and they do not want to have children go through that. Demographers need to pay more attention to the longer-term issues. Attractions of Hong Kong are an irrelevance, and blinkered thinking look beyond the next five years. We need to change that from Richard. And uh, just a couple of... Uh, couple of emails here from uh, uh, on back to the uh, COVID topic and related matters. This, this from another Richard says, uh, the subject we're discussing this morning is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, when you live in government house, uh, have a life in the civil service and are completely disconnected from the greater community, these subjects will only grow and will not improve greatly. Uh, what would the public know? Question mark. Uh, that from Richard. And Bob writes, uh, so there you have it, Carrie Lam announces uh, on Saturday that uh, 14 day, the 14-day arrival ban fuse mechanism remains. Uh, when we had like uh, 50,000 cases a day and airlines were banned from bringing in another four or five, we were told this is necessary to protect our public health system from further pressure. We, when we now have under 10,000 new cases a day, we're told this is to protect us against any future pressure on the public health system. Uh, firstly, one must ask, how is it that our public health system is so fragile that we need this protection? And secondly, we must wonder if there's ever going to be 
be a place when this restriction can be removed, as otherwise Hong Kong, as Lord Palmerston put it, will soon be nothing more than a barren rock. Uh, that's from Bob. That reference With, to with Lord... an area house upon it. Sorry, uh, that's right. <laughs> Lord Palmerston was the British... Foreign Secretary in the 19th century for a period, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, OK. And, of course, that 14-day um, that airline ban fuse mechanism uh, has been uh, cut to seven. Um, thank you very much to everybody uh, for emailing us this morning, and thanks to our listeners, and thanks very much to you, Mike. Yes, it's always a pleasure. OK. See you next Monday. And uh, just a quick look at the weather before we go to the new summary and morning brew. Uh, cloudy with showers and a few thunderstorms. Uh, top temperature today around 18 degrees. Uh, moderate to fresh easter-northeasterly winds. The outlook at windy with occasional showers tomorrow. Sunny intervals on Wednesday and Thursday with temperatures rising during the day, becoming cool again in the latter part of the week. It's currently 17 degrees, humidity 93%. Elderly are at high risk of life-threatening conditions from COVID-19. The virus can damage one's heart, lungs, and brain. It may cause multiple organ failure that requires intubation in an ICU. After effects can hamper a recovery. Vaccines reduce risks of serious illness, hospitalization, and death. Experts advise that any elderly person who has had a flu shot can safely receive COVID-19 vaccines. Get vaccinated early. The news summary with Andrew Shirovsky. A pediatrician says a second COVID vaccine would significantly improve protection for children, saying it would act as a barrier against a possible rebound in infections once coronavirus restrictions are relaxed. About half of Shanghai's 25 million residents are under lockdown this morning as the first half of a two-part phased testing operation goes into effect in the mainland's biggest financial hub. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Moscow of wiping Russian-speaking cities in his country off the face of the earth since it attacked a month ago. I'll have more in these and other stories at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. 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 Not too bad at all. Good morning. Nearly up spotted. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning and welcome to Monday here on The Morning Brew. Time to check in with Robbie McRobbie at 1010 with his weekly rugby news, both local and Scottish. Although, thankfully, I don't think there is any this week. Well, of course, then at 1040, we'll catch up with our New York correspondent, author and columnist, best-selling author, Tracy Kwan. After 11, Gary Stokes from Oceans Asia will be back with us to talk about the new fashion in sea trash. It's somewhat unavoidable, but it's real and there is no masking it. And of course, we haven't had a chat for a little while, so we'll see what's going on in Gary's world. Then after 12, just as the 2022 Oscars ceremony reaches the conventionally considered good bits, it's time for Marshy Movie Time Extra. As promised, as James chews over the wins and the losses, do join him on Facebook Live because, as always, we'd love to hear from you.
a signal in the distance to 